welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Hello and welcome to our 31st episode of the Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. Uh, and today, we are just striking a conversation in the moment. So bear with us. Uh, if we sound insane, that is probably because we are. What is today's topic, my friend? Well, I have my notes here prepared and uh, I've got one word and <laughs> it's, it's motivation. Yes. I love yeah. this. I love this word. This is, this is one of my favorite things ever. Motivation. Ooh. You know, I have to say this before we start on this. When I thought of, when I had the initial insane idea of um, starting this podcast with you, there was one thing that weighed, speaking of motivation, weighed the, the heaviest in me deciding to definitely go ahead with it. And you'll never guess what that was. Can you guess? No, you won't guess. No. Into the dark, deep recesses. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you don't, you're you're probably safer not to guess. No, it's actually very. It's a very. I'm. I am about to get emotional just talking about it. So, see, this is what I I saw. I had a vision. Of, um, a time that I wouldn't be around, any longer. And I thought, my little girl. I mean, I, she, she will still be my little girl, no, no matter how old she is, uh, would have these recordings of me uh, instructing her. And, and I thought, wow, that is such an... Because, you know, we, we, get, we get so busy and so tainted by everyday life that even though I do every chance I get instruct my my little girl on things on you know life things you know but it's it's never gonna be like okay let's yeah i'm not gonna lecture her on stuff you know i don't do that because i know that that doesn't go well with people especially children so i thought to myself wow what a perfect way for me to have a fun uh, life instructional Hours of it, as a matter of fact, for my little girl, for my girl, for my baby, for my daughter, when I'm not around to have these conversations with her. Uh, because that's how highly I feel about our 
podcast. Um, and just having said that, I will flip that coin and said, you know, I had this other thought <laughs> right before we started today. And I thought, it's not a podcast. It's an oddcast. An oddcast. Okay. <laughs> We're starting a whole new genre. I think so. This is an oddcast. Yeah. So motivation then becomes that thing for me, or I believe for every, anyone that fulfills a part in their lives that um, has holes in it. You see, uh, I... I've always wanted to um, start recording videos for my daughter uh, for when I'm, you know, or just writing about, I was, I started writing a journal just for her. But then I'm thinking to myself, what better instruction for her to get than see me, you know, and almost always in a jovial mood, uh, goofing around and have a perfect balance of uh, insanity laughter and uh, and seriousness and wisdom on these things so there you go what do you think about that no i think it's great because um i think the the thing that i learned in coaching is that um people don't take advice they don't take instruction um even though they might listen and i know it's different with with kids they uh, they they rarely listen um, and i think the nature of listening in on a conversation is something that's significantly more effective. I mean, it's very effective in a, in a team, a group situation. And one of the things that I learned from um, uh, one of the big influences on my coaching, a lady called Nancy Klein, who is from the Quaker tradition, was that um, you allow people to speak, to say what they have to say until they decide that they're finished rather than interrupting them or feeling that you need to jump in and add something. And uh, by virtue of doing that, you allow people to really um, think and to express themselves properly and probably to dig down deeper uh, to bring up ideas and thoughts that they, um, they probably wouldn't have brought out in the normal superficial surface kind of conversation. And I think that's what comes out a lot in our conversations. Um, we don't tend to jump across each other. I mean, we could probably give lessons to the people in the on the TV debates um, <laughs> about this. And uh, but it is. I mean, I think that's hugely, hugely valuable. So to have in fact, you, you mentioned your daughter, my son, my um, middle guy who's Niall, who's 25. He he actually um Message me today to say that uh, he was finally getting around to um, to listening to the podcast. He'd been threatening to do it for ages and uh, he travels in and out of work, which would be the perfect time for him to do it. And uh, so he messaged me to say he was he was listening to the first one. So um, so I think something like this is a resource and um, of huge value to anyone who just listens in. And then they take from it what they can. And uh, and the great thing is that while the initial ones are on audio, obviously for the last maybe 10 episodes or so, we've been doing it on video. So your daughter uh, will will have the uh, the opportunity to, to do both. And uh, and it's as I said, she's listening in on a conversation. She's not been uh, told what to do or what not to do. Exactly. 
Which means she's more likely to listen. You know, it's funny though, because she, <laughs> when I'm editing, she's always, like you don't think she's listening, like she's always like doing something else. But, mm. but, but you know, when, when, when I say something on the podcast, she will jump and say, but you said this before, you know. <laughs> she has commentary. <laughs> uh, it's funny. So, th- therefore, since we are talking about motivation today, motivation is one of the, am I, am I wrong? And you as a coach would know this even better, is one of the huge um, problems or, or issues, I guess, people have in their lives, in, in today's life. Am I, am I right about this? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've just actually finished a book. I referenced it a few times in some of the posts that I've done lately called Tiny Habits. And uh, it's, it's a really interesting book by a guy called BJ Fogg. Um, and he talks about motivation, um, like how to, how, how to get people to do something, whether it be to form a habit or to do something that they don't particularly want to do. And he said there's two two axes. One is motivation and the other is ease. So how easy is it for them to do the thing? And how how high is their level of motivation? And his his point is that if the level of motivation is high enough and the ease with which they think they can do it is high enough, then all it will take is some kind of prompt in order for them to actually take action. So the problem I think is that there's a huge amount of emphasis put on the motivation part when it comes to people either doing something to change their life or to tackle a problem that is facing them that they haven't uh, wanted to face in a while. Um, and the, the motivational side of it is 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 actually the lesser of of the two requirements in his analysis, um, even though it is required on some level. Um, and I think when we when we go to, you know, when we read a book or when we see a, a documentary or we attend a, a Tony Robbins, you know, seminar or something like that, we come away and we kind of feel pumped and motivated. But that on its own is not enough. And uh, another coach who, who who I read a lot of, Steve Chandler, says motivation has a half-life in that you're motivated when you're coming out of that seminar today and by tomorrow, half of that motivation will be gone and by the end of next week, it'll be gone completely. Um, so I think it's a huge um, issue and I, I, I think... Um, my sense of it was always that um, motiva- motivation was was fine to get you started potentially, but um, it was never enough to sustain you in a, uh, you know, to follow through on something. Unless the motivation was something so serious that you decided to sit up and take notice. That said, we talked on previous podcasts about um, people that you know and people that I know who have been told that if they don't give up smoking or if they don't stop eating, um, you know, McDonald's, Big Macs and fries and whatever, um, that it will do serious damage to their health and could even kill them. And yet with the motivation that they might die if they continue doing it, they still don't do it, um, 
which is why the ease thing comes into it. It's they think it's hard. Um, so yeah, that's that's my um, tuppence halfpenny on on motivation so far. Now this is really valid. All this stuff is really valid, and I I su subscribe to it and I appreciate it. Uh, but as as always, you know, I'm kind of like um, I am f almost forced, you might say, to take another route uh, as per the experience that I have with uh, the way the mind is uh, is always tricking us and trying to get us to do or not do something based on its conditioning, based on its programming. So <clears throat> motivation, where does it come from? Why is it that people feel that they have to be motivated to do something? And if they have to be motivated to do something, the question that I would have is, is that something worth doing? So there are two aspects here. There's two things to look at. Number one thing, when it comes to uh, conditioning, see, conditioning can be, conditioning in and of itself is not positive or negative, right? It, it's, it depends on what kind of conditioning you have. Conditioning is your programming. Now, programming is always necessary for a computer to work. But the problem is that in most cases, in today's life, our programming ends up being negative, which is to say it goes against us. It doesn't serve us. It goes against us. It doesn't serve our best interest. So, mm. and by the way, there's always, since we talk about motivation, right, we're always motivated. So that's, that's a concept we don't usually get to uh, hear about. So what is it? What, what in your, you know, what is your definition of motivation? Motivation is that which drives us to action, right? Okay. And uh, that process that drives us to act. But mm. in the, at the same time, the definition of action could be serving us or not serving us, mm. right? So if I am sitting in bed with a beer in one hand and the remote control on the other, that comes, stems from a certain kind of motivation that I have. And that kind of motivation is prompting me to take action and do this versus doing something entirely different that would be serving for me. So we're always motivated. The problem is the distinction between good motivation, serving motivation, non-serving motivation. So as we know, the subconscious mind, being a child in nature, doesn't know the difference between positive and negative. It doesn't know. It takes instruction by, by, uh, by you, would, you might say, by a well-trained, by a well-disciplined, um, Conscious mind. So what we use to program the computer uh, ends up being our motivation. So if our motivation is to not take action, because that's also a form of taking action, right? Not take action. Uh, then 
why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why am I not motivated to go out there and be like an entrepreneur or to uh, just take on a new skill every month uh, or, or to manage to improve my health, uh, you know, start a garden, whatever, do, do the things that make my life worth more. Because, you know, if we view our lives from the perspective of um, real estate value, if we are an estate in and of ourselves, then we understand that if you just take a shit in your, a different room in your house every day and, you know, light fires in the house, you know, to just kind of like uh, roast marshmallows uh, or just uh, completely let uh, everything run down in the outside and the weeds and everything, you know, then if that was a time to sell your house, right, the value of, that, of your estate would be shit, quite literally. So... Mm then if we view our lives from that perspective, it's easy to see whether or not we are taking measures towards improving the value of the estate or degrading the estate. Mm. So once we know that, once we know which one's which, then the only question is why am I driven to degrade my estate, right? What do you think? Yeah, um... It's, it's back to this thing about um, what does the subconscious find is, if it finds that something is difficult or um, painful or likely to be, then it's, as we said before, it's going to avoid it. Uh, whereas if it has a sense that something is easy, then it's going to more likely uh, move in its direction and take it on and do it. So the things you describe if you're not inclined towards uh, doing hard work, um, then you may be uh, not particularly bothered about um, keeping your house clean or attending to, you know, the maintenance outside and the garden, etc. And so from that point of view, you could see quite easily how you could fall into that kind of way of operating if you just don't care. And sitting in front of the TV with a remote control and a beer and uh, some uh, uh, some chips or whatever, um, that's easy compared to doing the work outside. So if, if your subconscious has that choice each time, it's always going to push you towards the stuff that's easy to do, which it finds more enjoyable. But here's the question. Why? Of course, the easy stuff the subconscious is going to jump for or onto, but there's there's another thing to consider here. It's not just the ease of use, if you will, that the subconscious is is eager to jump on. Again, you have a child here. You're dealing with a child, right? The child is not going to want to do a chore if it's first of all presented as a chore, and mm. secondly. Uh, presented as a complex kind of chore. In other words, that's when, oh, it's too difficult for me. It's too hard for me to do that. I would rather, you know, pretend I'm doing it so I don't get in trouble and do something else, right? Mm. So, but what if? What if that chore was to 
open up a brand new horizon in that child's life chapter. Like, for example, you know, my daughter keeps on talking about getting her own horse because she is a, a really good horseback riding. I mean, you know, she's, she's a little girl, but she started riding uh, when she was three years old. She's now seven. And she loves it. She mm. absolutely loves it, right? So she keeps on talking about getting her own horse. Now, if I had to bring up, I'm not at all thinking about getting her own horse yet. But if I was thinking about it, I would then make that uh, a game for her uh, that it would, it would be up to her because she would have to take care of this, that, and the other thing. Now, if I presented that to her and she knew that that is a real possibility, her excitement over jumping on that would be way, would be outweigh any kind of uh, hardness, any, any kind of um, factor of difficulty. Uh, you know, it wouldn't even matter to her. Because it, it would just be so goddamn exciting. She would just jump on it and be like, I don't care. Just let me be engaged throughout the day. You know, just like you when you do your, the stuff that you love. Just like when I do the stuff that I love. I don't count. It. You know what I mean? You don't look, oh, I've been doing it for three hours, man. I better take a break. <laughs> right? You don't, you don't look at that kind of stuff. Because it's not important to you to take a break. What's important to you is like even if you're exhausted, you're like this is how I this is how I think about it, right? So I'm working on a new piece or a, you know new music, whatever it is I'm doing, uh, of a creative uh, fashion, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm exhausted, but wait, but let me finish that part first, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, right? And then when you get to that part, then it's like, oh, you know, I could, I could, I'm so close. Let me just finish it all together. Well, what if I don't get any sleep tonight? It's going to be so awesome, right? So we get to be excited. This is motivation, but that's no motivation. Someone is jamming down my throat like uh, a hard to swallow pill. It's a motivation that I'm, I'm taking my vitamins, you know, because they taste so good. It's like uh, the treats that I give to my dogs. You know, they're like, oh, give me the treats because <laughs> they taste so good. Right. So, so what, what happens here? The dog doesn't give a shit about his vitamins. They don't, they don't care. Right. But they care about something else the most. The vitamins are yummy. Mm. So, so it's about moving towards pleasure than it is about whether it's difficult or easy to do the thing. Definitely, I would say, because there are all these, see, there are millions of motivational speeches and, and quotes and memes out there. And most of them try to appeal to a sense of nobility in, in one's heart. Right? Mm. It's like you want to, you know, like the ancients, you know, you want to be... That, wouldn't you want to be that warrior spirit? You know, instead of being some dumb fuck, you know, with a beer belly? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, that sounds great. But fuck that, man. You know, why, why should I do that? This is, <laughs> how is that going to serve me, right? How is that going to change my life? Because you can't see. 
if you throw some kind of philosophical bullshit onto the subconscious, the subconscious cannot discern. That sounds really good. But shit, I'm not going to put any work into that kind of stuff. It sounds good. You know, like when you watch a movie, you know, like Chariots of Fire, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, how people overcome like the most incredible obstacles and everyone's like, oh my gosh, fucking awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know, the cry. But, but, you know, at the end of the movie, it's like they're gonna, nobody's going to pick up. So, okay, from now on, fuck it. You know, this is what we're doing. We're changing our lives. You know, I don't know many people who have watched, you know, a movie like that, like Chariots of Fire or something, you know, similar, you know, like the Songshan Redemption. I mean, what? How many people do you know that if they were lifers, they would find a way to cheat the, the warden and try to completely warp the entire system through their, you know, really massive intellect and creativity and then, you know, find a way to just turn this all around and against the warden and then get to escape like from a place that nobody has ever escaped, right? I mean, when, when was it? That you 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 met someone who's like, oh shit, yeah, of course I would do that. I would do the exact same thing. No, nobody's gonna do that because it's it's as boys well, only happens in movies, right? Don't, or, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> I'm saying this is the, no no no, and I don't I don't mean that at all. Actually, I don't mean it. I'm just saying this is what the subconscious is thinking. I know. Is, so. That's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a child that is like, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there was another, you know, like, I don't know, Mozart, you, know, you can't go to a child and be like, Mozart created his first <laughs> symphony when he was like five years old. Okay, so I'll give a shit. Give me some chocolate. So it comes down to this. When we are about to motive and and i know that a lot of people because you know the entire industry is being fed and nourished by people that are like okay i'm just gonna give you some noble shit and then you'll see you know you know like tony robbins or you know people like that you know what i because mean? i you can do it man you can do it you can be noble I don't fucking want to be noble. Fuck that shit. You know that takes time. That takes work, man. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. Why should I do that? But I do. Why? But I do when I'm listening to him and I'm pumping and shouting and you know punching the air and doing all that stuff when I'm in the arena. When you're walking on charcoal, it's like, of course, that's motivation right there. Walking on hot fire. That's motivation. It's like I gotta get my ass to the other side of this thing. That's my <laughs> number one motivation. Without yeah. having third degree, four degree burns here, right? Yeah. That's that's motivation. So the reason why that stuff becomes so difficult is because I think, in my humble opinion, uh, we are focusing on the wrong angle of seducing the subconscious mind. Mm. Because it is about seduction, you see. It's about seduction. So so, 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 if I'm getting it correctly, you're instead of trying to, you know, do the almost like the way some of the teams, you know, football teams are, you know, the New Zealand All Blacks and stuff, the way they do their Maori thing before, you know, a rugby match, and the way others do their thing to get themselves fired up, that kind of motivation is kind of t 
to fire you up, to push you through, uh, to go into battle and, you know, go with all your friends and um, take on the enemy kind of motivation uh, where everybody's in it and does it together. And the, 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 mis the fact that that's misplaced um, because when you come out of that arena and you go home, and as as I said, Steve Chandler says that that kind of motivation has a half life where it's, you know, within a couple of days, it's completely gone. That's not actually going to get you to do anything. It might get you to do something in the arena at that time, do something a bit, you know, bizarre or athletic or whatever. But when it comes to doing the things that are really important to us, it's of no value whatsoever because it's about that's about pushing through. That's about willpower. That's about overcoming the resistance, supposedly. But in fact, what we're saying is that the subconscious doesn't go for any of that shit. You know, you mentioned that's exactly what I was going to say. The willpower. We go back to that. And the willpower, as we've mentioned. Now, before I say what I'm going to say, let me just bring this up. We talk about motivation. Most people, the everyday people that need to bring some motivation in their lives, that's how they think the way that we've been describing right now. Now, if you're, if you're like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> you know, or, or like, uh, what's the other hot one? The, the Tesla guy? Oh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Now, these guys, or like a, a Steve Jobs kind of person, they don't, as far as I'm concerned, they, they don't go and read books and like, oh, shit, I love that quote. Okay, I'm going to create my own empire. No, these people don't need motivation of this sort because they are driven from me. There is something in them that already has a fire because they're programming because, for, you know, of different reasons, people take a turn that ends up being either... Um, a, a motivation towards extreme success or a motivation towards being a total fuck up, right? So, you know, someone, let's say your daddy bit the shit out of you day in and day out, you know, and got drunk and, and kicked your mother in the belly, you know, that could force you to either become a, a drunkard and an asshole or to become like someone who's going to make an amazing difference in the world when it comes to addiction, you know, or whatever. That's a bit like, um, what's his yeah. name? David. It'll come back to me. But you've, you've pretty much described <laughs> being beaten up and his mother being uh, kicked and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he, he turned out to be uh, he, like he was in the Navy SEALs and he was in the Rangers. Oh, yes. yeah. 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 David Goggins. Yeah. David Goggins. Yes. 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 Exactly. So, but, you know, it doesn't. And that guy is, of course, hugely motivational. But. Yeah. Even when he talks about that kind of stuff, you know, let's face it, that kind of, this kind of concept is uh, like uh, you speaking Chinese to me for most people. It's inspiring. It's like, whoa, but it, you know what kind of inspiration is? It's like, whoa, this dude is fucking awesome. No, that is the, <laughs> it doesn't inspire me to go walk on nails because after I have walked on nails, you know, I will be so much more tolerant to pain. No, it doesn't do that to most people. Mm. So most people 
seem to be forcing, especially people that need to drive them. Somehow they feel like, oh, I got to be an entrepreneur. I got to be an entrepreneur. I got to find a way to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and, you know, they, they listen to a lot of, or read a lot of that kind of stuff because they find that they that stuff will motivate, will light a fire in them to be that kind of person. But unfortunately, in most cases, that's, that doesn't happen. Uh, you can, they can they cannot easily light that fire because they are the environment in which they are trying to light the fire is like the forest after a thunderstorm <laughs> and their matches are wet <laughs> you know what i mean so they they cannot really relate to that kind of thing and what motivated david goggins was a demon of some sort, let's just call it that, uh, that, that said, I got you, mother father, and if you don't run fast enough, I will eat your eyes out of your skull. <laughs> you know? And that to him was like, holy shit, you know, I better do this or else, you know, it becomes a survival instinct. Mm. So he built a brand new survival instinct based on his conditioning, on his experiences. He created a new value, a new um, program that, that said, if you are not the most extreme mother father out there and do the most ridiculous shit that no one on earth can do or dares to do, then you will be warm food, you see. And, and to him, that was like, there is no choice. <laughs> You know, there's no, there's no, let me see, let me weigh my options. No, it was like there's only one option for him because his programming deemed that so, right? Does this make sense? And and so, I think the other yeah. thing about guys like that and, and all the people that you mentioned is that while looking back, you, you, you're able to see the totality of what they've done and what they've achieved um, as if it was some, you know, major thing you know road to damascus kind of thing that changed them completely that suddenly set them on this path which brought them along this way i mean the reality is for you me them any one of them they did one thing at a time one thing at a time i mean david goggins talks about the fact that he went through a period of you know trying to get himself fit and then he fell off the wagon and he actually got heavier having fallen off the wagon than he was before he started. And then he, he, he went and did it again. But it was, it was a constant struggle to just get past the next milestone and the next milestone. And he didn't even see them as milestones. He was just dealing with the challenge that was in front of him at the time. So when you put all that together, it's an extraordinary life that he's lived, but he didn't see it as that. He saw it as just getting past one thing, as you say, survival instinct all the way through um, and I think the same with you know you look at the pictures of Jeff Bezos in his you know warehouse office thing when he uh, started Amazon again small steps small steps along the way it was just the motivation the drive whatever you want to call it to keep going that then brought him to the next place that then brought him to the next place and I think the thing for a lot of people is that, um, and you touched on it, is that I think motivation uh, as, a, as, a, as a word 
for a lot of people isn't what you described it as, which is, you know, the drive to take action. For a lot of people, the concept of motivation is rah, rah, you know, everyone, you know, pumping together and punching the air uh, in a Tony Robbins type uh, uh, type uh, seminar thing. Um, we see it as something that is, um, or, or the way that it's portrayed, it's something to push you through really hard stuff as distinct from what it is, just whatever the impetus is to get you to do anything, whether it be to do good stuff or to do bad stuff. So I think the word is 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 um, uh, is misleading in, in the way that it it is used in the media and in society generally, and I think that's that's a difficulty for people. That's right, and, and uh, it comes back to most people understand motivation as um, willpower, and yeah. uh, willpower is as we've talked about before. Uh, as a, a four-wheel drive function uh, on your vehicle, so you don't you don't go to, you don't go on a trip on on a four-wheel drive mode. Right? It's never going to happen. Four-wheel drive willpower is there to help you uh, overcome a, an obstacle that is right in front of you uh, for a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a bump on the road. You know, this is not going to be, and this is what the the problem with most people is that they they think that's what they're taught. Of course, that um, will uh, willpower is something that will sustain that process for as long as as it needs to be sustained, and that's a tragic mistake. And of course, when that doesn't happen, people are like, "Oh shit!" You know, because they find that to be a signal. Um, something that tells them that oh they go I'm going to fail because clearly I can't maintain my willpower or my motivation. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the same misconception about being happy. You know the idea that it's some kind of constant state as distinct from you know joy at individual uh, achievements or individual situations that you've got. It's not actually a state of um, that that could be sustained, um, because go go insane if you were to, uh, if you were to have that state constantly. So, the big question is, for for everyone that wants to be motivated, is why, why do you want? Why do you feel that you have to be motivated? Once again, if you were to put yourself, if you were to wear an animal skin, and put yourself out in the wilderness if there is such a thing anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. What would be your motivation to act? If you became a wolf for a week, would you need Tony Robbins to talk to you about the things that you need to do? No. Because you, it would be, the things you need to do would be part of your nature, would be ingrained. So the problem here is that we have deviated from natural law entirely. Because somebody told us and convinced us of that, that natural law doesn't exist for us because we're God's chosen children. We don't need to be, <laughs> to concern ourselves, right, with, with natural law because we are humans. We're not animals. 
Bullshit. We are bipedal animals, mammals. <laughs> we are animals, man. Absolutely we are. You know, and if you don't believe me, just uh, scroll down your Facebook feed <laughs> on any given day. But um, look, if you need to be motivated to do something, then in my opinion, you need to re-examine why you believe you need to do that something for which you are not motivated. Because do I, do I, if I have to, for example, you know, <laughs> if someone has to motivate me to take care of my child, then I'm in trouble and my child is in bigger trouble, hmm. right? And do I need to do, do I need someone to motivate me to, to be a good parent? I mean, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of parents out there <laughs> that need some education on the matter, but, but, okay, fine, perhaps that was the wrong analogy. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get my point here, right? It's like people, people feel like they need to be motivated to take care of their health, <laughs> to take care of their body. Why? Why do you think that? Why do you think that you need to be motivated to take care of your body? That to me says, I don't give a shit if I drop dead tomorrow, right? This is your, because you can derive, you can take your average, your average day, your average daily behavior, you can take that, you add them all together and you will get a statement. It's just like a, if you're looking, you know, like a, when you look at your, uh, what is it, your stats? Like on, on Facebook or whatever, like if you're running a business, right? it's telling you, it's telling you how well you're doing, right? So if you do, if you put your daily proclivities and you add them all together over a period of time, you will get a, a sum, a summary of your, uh, your main statement, your yeah. whatever it is that you are going for. And... For, for a lot of people, that statement would be like, um, I, I don't want to be alive <laughs> anymore. I don't, I don't give a shit about existing on this plane. This is what it says. And the, you, I mean, we have to pay attention to that, man. We have to understand that if we have to be motivated to be alive, something is horribly, something has been uh, turned on its ear. You know what I mean? Something is off its axis. We are in a lot of fucking trouble. Well, it's, it's, I mean, to me, it's, it's down to the fact that what's been, what we've been conditioned to is, um, as we've talked about before, um, the fact that we're, we're told that it's not our fault if stuff happens. So when someone goes to the doctor and has a serious health condition, and so the response is we'll take you know the tests etc and then we'll prescribe a particular form of drugs or a particular form of medical intervention but at no point in that conversation for the most part is there a conversation where, with, where the doctor says you need to cop yourself on here you know you're looking at you're staring down the barrel of you know, full-blown type 2 diabetes, for example. What kind of shit are you eating which is actually leading you to do that? Because this is a lifestyle problem. And it doesn't, it doesn't sit with the narrative 
of you know calling people out um it's it's very on pc to sort of say to a sick person well you've created this for yourself but they but there's lots of people there to essentially benefit off the back of the fact that they've got themselves into this position and there's nobody saying to mcdonald's or to coca-cola or any of these places that uh, are selling this trash um that this stuff is basically poison but they're very happy to have their banners around the edges of football grounds and uh, olympic stadiums and and all this kind of stuff so it's like nobody's like the king is not wearing any clothes and nobody's pointing at it saying the king is not wearing any clothes we're just happy to take the money happy to take their jobs happy to do whatever it is and the association between all this kind of stuff and people's lifestyle and obesity and and all that it's not our fault and it's not their fault it's just something that happens and because it's just something that happens there's nothing we can do about it but we have pills for it and if you survive you survive and if you don't you don't that's where it's at and that's where i think you know if people are conditioned to have a, a, a mindset which is that we're not really responsible these things just happen then the fact that i have no motivation to do something that i say i want to do is just coming from that same victim place therefore i need willpower i need motivation i need to listen to tony robbins tapes every morning when i get out of bed or even before i get out of bed just to help me get out of bed um in order to move forward with my life and that's the shit that people are buying into yeah of course so if just like you mentioned now if if i'm if i'm in bed and i don't want to get out of bed wouldn't that be a good moment to ask myself why don't i want to get out of bed and how many times do we get to ask that to ourselves how many times do we get to ask anything of ourselves See, it's, uh, it's amazing, right? We don't get to... T I, I speak to myself, obviously, <laughs> all the time. But the thing is that we don't... We have been a part of a, you know, huge, um, hugely destructive conditioning is the fact that we don't think we have the answers. And so because mm -hmm. we don't think we have the answers, we don't ask ourselves things, uh, you know, because... What do I know? If I knew that, I'd be doing it. No, because when you ask yourself, you are actually asking a part of yourself that is outside of that carcass that you walk around in. Uh, and, and, that, and this is why, this is why we do affirmations, right? What do the affirmations do? They, the speech coming out of your vocal cords creates a magical vibration right and we are energy of course we're all energy and we create waves that reverberate all around us throughout yeah. the universe so if i say something that's why they say in the good book right in the beginning there was the word word right isn't that what the absolutely <laughs> word so the word is extremely powerful and that word comes not out of 
a flesh and bones meat suit it comes out of somewhere else so we say these things we we will say a mantra or we'll turn an affirmation into a mantra because that mantra will the more we do it the more it will affect mm -hmm. this meat suit to become ready to act upon that which our spirit came in here to fulfill, to do that kind of act. Does this make sense? Yeah. What's your take on this? Well, I think it's getting back to the fundamentals of who we are. And again, it's, it's, it's recognizing the fact that we have been, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, we have been, we've been moved away from our nature and we've been moved away from our nature and our nature essentially is that we have the ability the power the ingenuity to take care of ourselves to survive and actually thrive and we have all that within us but that's been conditioned out of us because we've been told that we need to rely on these other people who are going to tell us what to do or we're going to rely on these other people who are going to take care of us and therefore we've been effectively well as you said denatured but you know we've been we've been conditioned to believe that it's not possible to do what we're what's possible to do because it suited people to be able to control us that way so it has to start with us believing that we, we're more than we are and not just more than we are in terms of flesh and blood but also more than we are in terms of spirit and energy and our connection with source and all of that whether you're religious or not you know that's there when someone if someone has ever been and I, I mentioned it recently if someone's ever had the privilege of being with someone when they when they passed the difference between that body beforehand and afterwards is like night and day something it's like as if the electricity has been taken out and all of a sudden everything has 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 changed and that is there and that's within us and that's the source of 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 our connection with each other and our connection to 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 the earth to to this with the matrix whatever we want to call it we are incredibly powerful but we need to start believing and understanding that we are and that we don't need to rely on anybody else in order to demonstrate it so to me that's the big tragedy and also the great fraud that's been perpetrated on us by others who sought to control it and uh, it leaves us in a very for a lot of people a very pathetic state that they need some kind of external motivation to get them moving when if they really understood and really looked inside and really spoke to themselves they would see that they already have everything that they need that's right very well said my friend even the dogs are howling it's confirmation of the universe. Like, yeah, my girl, Shepherd Mia, is uh, is primarily the source of uh, wolf wolf in this house. Because you know it starts from the woman, right? Doesn't it? It starts. They they are the the main motivator. <laughs> like for anyone who's been married, you know that whether or not to speak about motivation women are hugely motivational one way or another you see yeah. 
Why? Because the female is the representation of the subconscious mind. Feminine energy is the, the dark, mysterious web of the unconscious. And uh, according to the shamanic understanding, you see, uh, I don't know how PC that's going to be, what I'm just going to say, but uh, I, I'm just <laughs> relaying the shamanic understanding, the Toltec, as a matter of fact, Toltec understanding of, um, of the energy of the genders. The male energy is the conscious mind, represents the conscious mind. This is why men tend to fancy themselves very logical, and they always say, oh, I can never understand women. Women are just so, they don't make sense, right? <laughs> That's because the woman is the representation of the subconscious. Mm. Also, another saying, so behind every great, right? Behind every great man, there's like this amazing, magical woman. Also true. Uh, not to, of course, as a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to shape this, what I'm about to say, into the opposite of what it, it used to sound like. You know, like, oh, because the woman is there to support the men. No, I'm saying, actually, that the woman is the fuel. The woman is the magic behind the men. And if the man doesn't have the appropriate magic to kind of push him towards where he picks the direction, that because, you know, he, he's good at picking out a direction, the male energy is good at finding a direction, mm. but he doesn't have any fuel. He doesn't have any magic. Mm. Um, and so he needs that kind of inspiration, right? Why is it a muse? If you look at the muses, like in ancient Greek uh, mythology, the muses were fe female, always. Yeah. Uh, because this is the representation of feminine energy. And that's why many times we see, we say, there's a card, the second card of the Major Arcana uh, in the Tarot deck is the High Priestess, uh, which comes right after the number one card, which is the Magician, right? The Magician is the priest, if you will. And, and then the, uh, the second card is the High Priestess, the Witch, the card of the Witch. The, and within that card, it's been indicated that there's, there's a veil, there's always a veil. It's like the, uh, the ancient Greeks used to have an expression for that. It's like the, 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 the soul, the energy of the female is, is like the abyss, like an ocean. Uh, it's impossible to figure out. And that's true. But that's what makes women so amazing. Right? Because... They are that which cannot be figured out. And now, take this statement and uh, realize what we do as men uh, chasing in, in our quest to, to get uh, the female mate. What do we do? We're trying to, what? Penetrate the conscious mind, seeking to penetrate the subconscious mind and make a little more of the subconscious, bring it onto the other side, which is the known. Right? We, we seek, the male energy seeks to make 
a little bit more of the unknown known and by virtue of doing that acquire more wisdom right. uh, so just as a side note but ultimately the motivation is coming from that kind of magical sense of understanding that it is not an accident that we are here experiencing ourselves as an individual like that we've talked about that before it takes enormous universal impetus for a spirit to embody to 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 materialize on this level and for that for that to happen that there might have been a, a massive kind of mission there must have been a reason a really important reason why that happened so as far as i'm concerned this is an important enough motivation for anyone to understand that perhaps if you're not motivated that means that you have forgotten you have been disconnected from your mission because there is one for sure uh, right mm. from where I'm standing, uh, there's one for sure, and no one can tell you what it is. That's another thing: is that we've been uh, bamboozled into believing that there is someone else. I, I don't. I'm not good enough to finding out what it is that that mission is. Right. So I have to look to a guru of some sort to tell mm. me what my mission is. How is that even possible? Right. It's it's like asking for someone to tell you how to breathe please tell me how to make my heart beat the proper way otherwise i'm gonna die right? this is like nobody can tell you how to breathe and that's 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 back to the the point i'm making that that you know the, this conditioning that we we're relying we need to rely on on others for whatever i mean it's it's everything from they look after me, us because our business isn't working. They look after us because our health isn't working. They look after us because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing, what we're supposed to be achieving or what our purpose is. But they'll tell us. They'll help us find it. Um, and it takes us away from spending time with ourselves to answer these questions for ourselves. That's right. And who wants to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I have to say that... For a long, long time, longer than I can remember myself, well, I don't know if that's possible, but uh, I have been enjoying my own company. I, I never was bored, like, oh, I don't know what to do, but I'm by myself. I am by myself in the house. Well, that's, that's always been exciting for me. You know, I, mm. I love, hugely adore, of course, and appreciate my family being around. But when that was not the case, Several years back, you know, uh, I lived in an artist loft that was um, like um, 1,800 square feet uh, with 15-foot ceilings and, and huge windows, right? And we used to bike around this. area was a one-huge space. <laughs> and I would just work on art that was just massive because usually my originals are big, large, formats and uh, I would work on several pieces at the same time covering you know half of the space and uh, I never knew where time went like there was never a time where I was like oh shit what am I gonna do what time is it what am I gonna do until I have to go to sleep <laughs> you know it's never the case it never has been the case with me as a matter of fact I don't have enough time 
in the day to do the things that I love to do. All the things I love to do. I, d I don't have enough time. I have to compromise. I always have to compromise. And that's why sometimes I jump from one creative aspect to another. Like, okay, I've, I've done uh, six months of creating art. Now I'm going to do uh, three months of creating music. <laughs> or just interchange. Like, one day I'm going to do that. The other day I'm going to do the other thing. But being, learning to be with yourself and love that creates a certain kind of of inner magic that tends to grow by the day. The more you do it, the more you sense it, the more you understand. It's like if you, you know, how many people, like, and as I'm saying that, I haven't had the chance to do that exact thing yet, but people do, they go into a, an isolated location, which I live in one, but I'm not isolated. <laughs> Because I have all other kinds of distractions. So people go like, to a mountain or something and uh, they don't see or talk to anyone for a couple of weeks. Mm. And always, all the people that I've talked to that have experienced that, they always have some kind of magical interaction. You know, like they, they start seeing or talking to the guides or, or, or getting insights that are massively important to them. And uh, they return different people you know yeah that makes sense but it takes a certain level of uh, embracing your insanity to to step into that kind of setup but it also i mean part of this thing as well is that we've also been conditioned to think that you know we need to be occupied all the time we need to uh, occupied we need to be entertained we need to be doing something you know compelling rather than this idea that no, you don't have to do anything. You can just go for a walk, not because you want to be more fit, but just to go for a walk. You know, you can sit and do nothing for a while. You can meditate, whatever. Um, not because you want to have a meditation practice, but just to experience the idea of having a period of solitude and meditation. There's always some kind of driver to it. And I think... The idea of just slowing down and focusing instead on just if we're going to do something, just do it for the sake of doing that, not because there's some alternative motivation behind it or reason behind it. Um, and just getting comfortable with doing that. Lots of people are just not happy in their own skin and they're not happy unless they're occupied and doing things. Um, it's like they almost don't trust themselves to be on their own. So it's it's a it's no wonder that we don't find the space and time to um, to actually spend time with ourselves, to think things, to ask ourselves those questions that you talk about, because we're just not used to it and we feel hugely uncomfortable doing it. Right. Well said, my friend. So if, if we're going to pull this one together and have some coherent end to it. <laughs> Uh, what 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 are your final thoughts on on motivation and and you know clearly you know from from my interpretation of of what we've been saying we're barking up the wrong tree by looking for motivation and that what we should be looking for is um to connect with ourselves to find the things that we know we would love to do 
or that we already know what we love to do but aren't doing them um but just to reconnect with ourselves to reaffirm that and then allow that to drive us to do the thing and once we do that we don't need motivation we're just doing the things like you were doing where you were painting until until you stopped as distinct from because you needed to fit it in or had to you were on the clock or any of that sort of stuff yeah uh, absolutely that's you summed it up uh, beautifully ultimately yes there's no need to be motivated and by saying that i mean there's no need to be motivated by anybody else mm. by but yourself because that motivation that you seek that we all seek should be ignited within ourselves you know we should light up that fire in our belly if you're not motivated to do something i urge you to question that why don't i want to do this why don't it's too hard if something is too hard to do if you think that something is too hard to do and that's why you're not doing it you don't want to really do it mm. yeah because it's it's like saying well why why don't you want to uh go talk to that guy or that girl uh, since you know you're in love with them yeah. it's too hard no it's that's it's a fear and unless you face that fear you cannot do anything you cannot be anything that uh you want to do so if you choose to live in fear because that is safer which is not by the way then be clear on that too be clear on the fact that first of all nobody can motivate you just like nobody can make you do anything everything is an inner decision it's a choice it's it's everything is a choice there's always reasons right well have a reason. oh i i did that because blah 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 but it doesn't matter but you did that and by virtue of you doing that you made a choice so once you have made a choice question why you've made that choice and if you keep on questioning that choice it will get you down to understanding why the reason the real reason why you are standing somewhere that you feel is unfulfilling any kind of setup that you feel is unfulfilling because it's a short life man you know as uh, uh maynard of from tool the group tool said you know everyone what's your rush everyone will have their chance to die and referring to someone who wants to commit suicide you know it's it's every, we're all going there man this is a very brief segment brother mm. very brief segment segment and uh for example Eddie Van Halen you know he died like a couple of days ago yeah. and uh everyone is like oh my god you know but but look at it. yeah of course it's a, it's tragic because this guy lived his life uh creating something that made us feel good that fired us up that created that motivation within us to do stuff mm. to you know to go out there and and claim life in one way or another and so this guy goes now and everyone feels a void but this this guy lived a life that is extraordinary and how many people get to live this kind of life this kind of ballsy daring kick ass kind of life 
65 years? As far as I'm concerned, he lived like, what, like 10 lifetimes of the average human being. And God bless him. Wherever he is, I hope he is riffing. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in guitar heaven. And yeah. Uh, yeah, are you kidding me? If only we get to have the 100th uh, of the life experience that this guy or people or people like that have to get to have, then it's a life well lived, my friend. And Absolutely. that's, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Uh, also, before we close, I, I want to remind people to, we'll put that on the, on the link too, um, to join our Facebook group, uh, Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast, uh, because uh, that makes you cooler. That will make you more worthy. Think of all the people that will know that you belong. You're part of this group, part of the family of deviants. Anyway, so, um, yeah, we'll get to, you get to actually, you know, being part of this group. You get to ask questions and, and, and things, and, and then we get to answer them. And that's your punishment. So, until next week, my brother. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.